Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I am super excited that you guys are joining us today. On the show today, we have an amazing guest, a good friend of mine, who I will introduce in just a moment. But as you guys know, there's a lovely bearded British man who joins me on this show every time. Mr. Dean Holland, how are you today? Hey, I am amazing. Yeah, I don't even know how I ended up on this show. I think I've stumbled into the wrong room. (laughs) <laughs> was was that before or after you started watching all the disney princess movies after you got back <laughs> oh don't get me started i haven't watched a disney film for like 24 hours now it's driving getting, me insane you getting cold sweats like are you going <laughs> yeah to yeah definitely definitely yeah, and you guys you guys might think i'm joking but i did hear that after we got back from orlando for the funnel hacking live event um dean con- was compulsively watching disney movies I've been watching Disney Disney movies like every day. The other day I watched two, and then I've got this home. I've got this stereo system around my house, and uh, I had like a Disney soundtrack on playing things from like Frozen, Beauty and the Beast. You know, just general things that people do. Yeah, of course. No, that's uh, that's good. Well, that's uh, there's something else now that you guys know about Dean. So, so Dean, as you know, we've got uh, we've got an amazing guest on the show today. Um, we do. I'm super excited to have uh, my good friend Marcus Mora here. And just so you guys know, Marcus and his company, uh, he's, he's running a franchise. And last year, they did a little over $50 million. This year, they're on track to uh, at least hit 75. I mean, he's just doing amazing things. And we're super excited. It's super honored to have you here today, Marcus. How's it going, man? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me on the show, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. And, and just in advance, I just want to apologize for Dean. Just not anything in particular. Um, <laughs> Just really just because of who he is. Um, so if you can put up with him, then we, we really appreciate you doing that. You know, listen, let, let me tell you this, guys. I have been waiting my whole life to be on this show. Yes. I mean, it's, it's been, uh, yeah. And, and so, I mean, the Disney stuff is super weird. Super weird. But it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter because I've been waiting for so long. It doesn't matter what Dean is doing in Great Britain. I feel like life's pattern went like this, like, okay, meet the love of my life, get married, have children. What else can I aspire to? Being on just the tips. Right. Absolutely. Not necessarily in that order, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so Marcus, I guess, I guess we need to ask, what does it feel like right now to have this dream come true? Of being on the show? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, no, listen, it, it, it's amazing. And now, all kidding aside, let me tell you something. Here's, here's what's kind of cool, right? Um, as an entrepreneur, I've, I've failed a ton, right? I've, we've, I've done some really, really funny, stupid things. And whenever anybody asks you, let's be honest, right? Whenever anybody asks you, hey, would you be on our show? We want to interview you. We want to, you know, talk to you. First, you're kind of like, you want to talk to me? Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the first thing. And then after that, it's kind of like, 
that's really cool. You know, so, you know, it's not too pompous or, you know, it just, it is cool, right? It is cool to, to, to be on, on just the tips. It feels nice. Well, we're, uh, we're excited to have you, man. So, uh, so, so first of all, obviously, you know, you know, you just alluded to the fact that you've made some crazy decisions and done some, some things that, uh, didn't lead to success, but, but right now you're crushing it, man. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we've, we've been somewhat, uh, lucky, uh, and timing and, and hard work. And, uh, and, and also, you know, we, we talk about these revenues, but <clears throat> really in a franchise, uh, for, for those of you maybe who, who are not that familiar with the franchise, you may know that you know, McDonald's is a franchise and I don't know, like what Dean, what's, what's a great franchise there in England? Uh, franchise McDonald's is a big one. Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Come on Dean. So, like can't you be creative. Like those are all over. Like what about like Nando's or something? Oh yeah, yeah, Nando's. Yeah, yeah. you guys don't have Nando's. What's wrong? No, with you? see, that's why. Like, we don't have Nando's. We don't have Nando's. Right. So um, all these, all these franchises, right? They are, they are owned by individual entrepreneurs. So we're, we're in the business of helping other entrepreneurs be successful. And if they become successful, then we become successful. So really, the the people doing all the hard work. When we talk about doing, you know, just over fifty million last year and going to seventy five million this year, it's it's somewhat of our efforts, but it is largely in part the efforts of these entrepreneurs that we coach and train and and teach them the business, and they go out and execute. So that's really cool, right? Because if we're doing that much rev in that much in revenues, it means that we're helping other entrepreneurs become successful. So that's kind nice. of a cool thing, right? Is, is uh, that type of a business where it depends on, on their success as well. Well, I think, uh, I think that is really cool. And, but, but the other thing to think about too is any, any business that's successful only gets there by adding extraordinary amounts of value to other people anyway, right? Like you don't, yeah, that's a good point. You don't have any business that's like crushing it. Well, I guess that's not entirely true. There's probably like monopolies and, things that are, you know, nefarious and things like that. But for the most part, any business that's successful, some, somewhere somebody is saying, Hey, you guys are doing some awesome stuff. I want to give you my money. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It's a pretty cool thing. So I want to get into what you're doing right now, but look, can, can we rewind the clock for a second? I want to, I want to hear some of these uh, things that you did early on that may have helped. You do. You. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Good question, James. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So where did, so, where did this start um, for you? You know, when I was eight, um, we, uh, no, I don't, I don't think I can go back that far, but really what, <laughs> when you go back to around 2007, 2008, and I think for, you know, I'm 41 years old and I think that was kind of a, I like the, our little great depression. And you know, this is kind of interesting guys. I think that there's so many guys and girls, men and women around our age where that 2007, 2008 kind of defined us for a little while. It was such a debacle. I was actually a mortgage broker in Las Vegas, Nevada. That was like ground zero of, of this, the, the, the downturn, right? I mean, it, we, there was, it, the news was, you know, Las Vegas is going down in flames. It was Vegas and it was actually, uh, James, it was Florida, right? It was, it was oh, South right. Florida where you were. Yep. 
And, and that was the, the first thing. I was a mortgage broker, and we were doing really well. And we thought we were really smart. That was the funny thing that I think about now is uh, it was so easy to make money, and we thought it was us. We thought that we were the smart guys. And it wasn't the case. Everybody was making money, right? And if we had been smart, we would have known really what was happening, right, that uh, the mortgage industry was going to fall apart. And that was the first just catastrophic failure where, you know, I, it was just my wife and I, we had no kids, but we lost absolutely everything. I remember driving away from Vegas with our, a, a truck. And that was, that was it. Everything else was taken, uh, taken away. Uh, we filed bankruptcy. And it was really humbling, right? Because it, it, it reminded me that, okay, as, as smart as you think you are, something like this can just completely, completely wipe you out. Thankfully, it was a really good experience because it, it, it taught us, you know, humbled us and uh, taught us to really know our business better than just than we did. You know, we were just slinging loans and we didn't even know the, the, the problems that were looming. Now, to, to be honest, you know, most people didn't, right? Most people had no idea that it was going to crash this hard. So that was, that was failure number one, uh, and that's just the beginning. Well, so I, what, I, there's a Warren Buffett quote that I really like that I think describes that whole situation, and he says, you never know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. And I now feel what, like, I, I, I don't know how that, how that applies to this, but I really I just, like that quote. Well, well, the whole, the whole analogy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I get it. I get it. I, I'm kidding. I'm, yes. Yes. I was just hoping to say the word naked while Dean was on the show. <laughs> really I mean, I'm it. naked right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the tide is going out, Dean. <laughs> yeah, quick, put something on, Dean. Yeah, but, but that's it, right? Yeah. It's, there's, there are moments, and I think we've all had them, where, you know, the, the sort of the economic forces are what's, what's making you money, not necessarily what you know how to do, and you're just sort of like along for the ride until it stops. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's, and that's what happened to us. And, and, um, and, and here's what's interesting. I think it, from those... I remember it was so long that I carried that with me. And that's something that, you know, not to make this like the, a public announcement hour, but I feel like for us in, our, in this, in our age, a lot of us failed back then. And a lot of us, took, it took a long time for us to not just get, because, you know, eventually I started working again. We started more businesses. And by the way, those failed as well. But we started to make money and, and things started to get a little more stable. But in my mind, I still felt like a failure. I still, I still, I carried that for years. Um, and I, I remember even thinking by 2011 and 12, it had already been some time, right? It, like it was four or five years after that debacle. Mm. But I would still talk about it like it happened yesterday because I was carrying it with me. And, and so, and I think that was one of the, the biggest lessons that was really painful is, that I, I, I just, I, dude, I kept it for so long, this, this idea of maybe there was something wrong with me. Maybe, you know, I wasn't good enough or, or I wasn't a good entrepreneur. I was a failure. And, and I just completely stopped believing in myself, like for years, for years and years. And I didn't, I don't think I even realized that I did until years later. I was like, man, was I, I was really in a dark place. So what, um, so how, how did so you... I, how did you turn, how did you turn that around? Did you just jump into the next thing and you started, you know, seeing some signs of success and that sort of like overwrote that programming that you had, 
or did you do something intentional or was it like a combination of both? Like, how did you get, cause, cause some people, when they get kicked down, they, they stay down. Right. And, and clearly you, you didn't stay down. So like, what, what did you do? Good question, man. Like I, <clears throat> I used to weigh about 230 pounds and now I'm about 180. And I wish I could tell you that it was some like crazy exercise program that I was really dedicated to it or something like that. But over time, it just kind of, I just got sick of it. I got sick of, of sick of being overweight and I just didn't feel good. And so little by little, I started doing small, different, you know, uh, creating a little kind of new habits. And I think it's kind of the same thing with, with the, the first failure that I had is I never stopped working, right? Thankfully, and maybe I'm just dumb enough that even, even though I kept failing, I was like, oh, let's try again. You know, I just, I just kept, <laughs> kept working on stuff, right? Even though a lot of the things were pretty dumb. But I, I think if you, if you, maybe this is it, right? If, if, you just, if you keep working your ass off, like literally just working your ass off, eventually you'll pick up these like ahas that, that change you, right? Like it, you, you pick better partners, you pick better businesses, you pick better audiences, and you start picking better things for you because, because you're just so sick of failing. You're so sick of being fat. You're so sick of, of the things you're trying to do not working but you keep trying other things. So I wish I could say that it was a, a book or, or something like that, but it was a lot of little things that, that made me change uh, my mind about, you know, who I am and, and what that failure meant. And maybe guys, I don't know, maybe it's also the, the luck of, of hitting something that worked, right? Like our, this new company that, that then also makes you feel a lot better, right? About yourself. I, I remember, you know, as a partnership, so uh, Amada Senior Care is the company that we have, and I have four partners. Two of them are my brothers-in-law. And so we started the company in 2011, 2012, and we used to be at each other's throats. We fought all the time. We, I mean, just like drag out wars with each other about really stupid things, like really dumb stuff. And as the business became, and now, Still, we had a lot of respect for each other, a lot of love for each other. And so we were working hard still. And as the business got better and better, as, as our, our franchisees, the entrepreneurs were bringing on, as they became more and more successful, we became more and more successful. And the funny thing is, the more successful we got, the less we fought, which mm. I think is kind of like what I'm talking about here, which is the more successful you become, the more the success makes you start feeling better about yourself and makes it validating who you are and your decisions. Same thing with our partnership. And today, you know, we disagree with each other, but there's a whole lot of respect and love for each other that allows us to, to focus on the business and do what's right for the business. So, you know, success floats all boats or whatever that saying is. I think that's maybe that's part of it. And, and is it, is it possible that, you know, that another part of it that maybe you didn't even recognize was, your strong desire to eventually be on just the tips that really <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why it you guys are laughing even, <laughs> I think I feel kind of like just the tip started that, yeah I feel like everything Marcus just shared about you know overcoming all that self-doubt and everything I don't think that actually truly ended until today I feel like this was that final <laughs> chapter to moving on in life. <laughs> this is a watershed I think it is <laughs> I, I think it is this this is just this is the tip of the iceberg as they say which does that saying doesn't make sense but but it is you know that's the, this is the culmination 
of I can finally, I can finally put my past behind me and look people in the eyes and say, I was just interviewed on just the tips. Right. I bet you'll find even you'll have less arguments. (laughs) I didn't hear anything you said because of sound effect. Yes. Say that one more time. (laughs) I said, I bet you'll even find you'll have less arguments with your business partner after this. I think I will. If they challenge me, you know, it's a lot of people, I I may just have to slide across the table, my interview with just the tips. Right. And everybody (laughs) goes, Oh, okay. Sorry that you're right. You know, your point of view is the right one, of course. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's incredible validation. Just incredible validation. By so, the way, all kidding aside, I'm going to say again, this is really cool, guys. I am really thankful to be on the show. Well, we're, uh, we're, su- we're super happy to have you, man. Um, and, you know, I, I would like to hear, you've, you've said it more than once now. You did some, uh-huh. you did some crazy things or silly things or trying to, like, you know, what, did, what, what was like one of the craziest entrepreneurial things that you did that in hindsight, you're just like, man, I can't believe I did that. Man. Well, I think the first one is even, you know, when I was a mortgage broker, it's so funny how you think that you're so cool. Like the, the com- my company name, <laughs> the, the, and I came up with it. I had a partner that would just go along with anything I said. And it, <laughs> it was so cool because uh, he was, he was a Korean guy nicest guy in the world and we loved each other like we were the best partners they were there was a crazy amount of trust between each other like we we knew we had each other's backs and and i would make decisions and he would back me but but i made the decision to call our company house because it's a mortgage company i was like what is the best house and he's like well what do you mean house i said we're just call a house (laughs) and and he said well like what's our tagline and i said it's house the home loan store and he just looked at me like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard like, it doesn't even make sense and i i thought it was the coolest thing possible and he went along with it right he's like okay we'll we'll do that and so we had all these it took us like three months to make the logo because you think the logo is going to be everything um so we you know we made the logos and that's what we called the company and he, he went along with it which actually was kind of an interesting thing about um i'm not so sure that what you call your company is that important so that was, that was a, a stupid, but the company actually did pretty well. So listen, I think the, the really stupid things, you know, I wish I had something like super embarrassing to tell you, but, but the truth is, is here's what, what was really stupid about it is I would, I would get into things that sounded really good. That sounded like it was going to, to become big. So one of the things that we started was a video game company. It was a video game uh, retail store. It was actually just like GameStop. And we competed against GameStop. And uh, it was also a franchise. So what we did is we advertised this opportunity for you to go against GameStop. Now, GameStop was like the evil empire. It was, uh, it was, it was like all the British people in the Death Star. Those are the evil people. And, and then, you know, the rebellion were the Americans. And, and, and they were the ones, you know, fighting the good fight. And so we were like, hey, GameStop is, is Death Star, right? That's Darth Vader. We are the rebellion. And so we had this call of like, yeah, let's go and crush those guys. And so we opened up like 300 locations. We had stores in Egypt. We had stores in Panama. It was crazy. And it just blew up. The, the thing blew up. And unlike Star Wars, it's kind of like, you know, in real life, actually the Death Star killed us. 
there was no, it, it was, uh, it was really sad, you know, like GameStop won because we, we built all these locations, but GameStop was so freaking massive that they crushed us. But here's what the, here's the stupid thing. Okay. Here's the really dumb thing about, and I think it's the dumb thing that people do in any business. Um, we did not select the people who owned our locations. Right, so just imagine GameStops. We were just like GameStop. And if you had money, I mean, literally, guys, if you had any money, enough to be able to buy the franchise, and the franchise was 45000 and as long as you had enough money to build out the store, buy all the video games, buy the fixtures, sign a lease, we didn't care who you were, really. You were buying a franchise. And, and that was, you know, dumb thing number one is, who you do business with, right? I mean, it, it's crazy that you think if, if you could just get, think about it, right? A lot of coaches, entrepreneurs, franchisors, I don't care who you are, but a lot of people salivate at, man, if I could get anybody to give me $45,000, I'd be rich or it would be awesome. I'd be, oh my gosh, you could do so much of that money. But that's so not true. If you, get, if you get anybody to give you money and you don't care who they are, they will ruin your life. They will be, they will fail miserably and then they'll come back and say, I failed miserably because of you, mm. because they're not the right people to be in your business. Um, and so many people do that. Right. And then you hear about it. You hear about these people that sold their program or their franchise or their coaching thing, whatever it is that, that they have. And they sell it to anybody who's going to buy it, which that is just the biggest mistake. You, you, you have to know your audience and you have to only work with that very specific audience so our our company is called play and trade video games uh it came crashing down there's actually about 30 or 40 play and trade video games still uh throughout the united states there's still a couple in egypt crazy enough um but it, it completely just tanked um and it was crazy to go from just an amazing company we I mean, we were uh, uh i mean like recognized on the inc 500 we were one of the fastest growing companies in, in Orange County, it was uh, a mod. I mean, sorry, it was it was playing through the video games, and then it was Vizio, the TV maker that's in Orange County. They were below us as far as fastest growing companies in Orange County, and we destroyed it. We just destroyed the company, um, and and again because we didn't know our audience. Like that was just the the biggest lesson from that debacle. You've got to know your audience. And you got to know, like you're so, I mean, what you're saying is like such, such important advice. It, you've got to know who is a good fit to work with you, regardless of like whatever you're doing, you know, cause I think you're right. I think a lot of people, um, just say, Hey, uh, you, you got money. I'll take it without thinking about the consequences of that. And that's a huge mistake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It will, it will destroy your business and it'll make you hate getting up in the morning. I truly did. I hated waking up in the morning. I hated going to work uh, because, and, and this is, here's what's interesting. It's not saying that the people who bought it were bad people or that they were evil. You know, it, that's not it. It's that they were the wrong people. And so, uh, and what's funny about that is you think about any, you know, Apple, you think of all these companies that you respect out there. If they were looking for a chief marketing officer or a VP of operations, if they were looking for somebody 
they they would not care how much money that person has has they would think okay is that the right person to bring into our organization do they have our values do they believe like we believe are they you know some companies are like we like assholes we want people who are rude and mean and others are like we don't we don't like assholes we want people who are cool like netflix has this whole presentation about their corporate culture that says one of their values at netflix is literally is no assholes that is one of their values <laughs> they, they, they do not hire people that they think are jerks. So that, and that's, and I think it's so important. If, if you don't have a filter for your company, for your program, for your selling of what are my values? What do I, what do I, how, what kind of people do I want to work with? You're going to be inundated with people that are not like you. And that's what it was. And, and we hated it. And my, uh, all of us, it was, it was, it was trudging through mud every single day. Unfortunately. So, so, so contrast that with what you guys are doing now. Like, did you, you and your partner sit down and say, okay, you know, here's, here's who we are. Here's our values. Here's the type of impact we want to make. Here's the types of people that we want to work with and like really be very intentional about that. Is that, is that one of the things that you guys did or, or was it different? different way yes. Yeah, but but and I I wish I could actually say that it was all me. So th- this this is the other thing I think that that I that I that I learned is I don't think there's anything wrong with with you trying to find people that are smarter than you. I think you ought to do this um, because if if in, in all these failures, um, it was uh, it was interesting because you if, if I had people that had had the experiences that I had, somebody that was more of a mentor, somebody that had gone through things like I was going through at that time, they'd be able to, to stop me, slap me around and say, okay, dude, no, that's not how you do it, right? So the, the idea of, of mentor. So when we started Amata Senior Care, one of my partners, his name is Papa Jefferson. He played in the NFL. He was uh, uh, a center for, I gotta, I gotta be careful. He was a center for the Chicago Bears. So, okay, I, I got an embarrassing story. You guys, so I, we were at an NFL alum event, Papa and I, and we were talking to the NFL alum because two of our franchisees now were ex-NFL players mm. and uh, retired guys. That, so we, we go to these events and we talk to the, the, the players, and the NFL is really trying to help these guys when they retire because not everybody is going to be a, oh, crap, give me a, a famous football guy. Like, I, I don't, this is my problem, like, not everybody's going to be a Tom Brady. Yes. Yes. Not everybody's going to be a Tom Brady. A lot of these guys, they, they make, you know, two, 300 grand and, um, and, and they play for, you know, a, a good amount of time. And then when they get out, they're like, what the hell do I do now? So a lot of these alums, they go to the events. So, you know, I'm there, I'm introducing Tata. I go, it's so embarrassing. I go up there and I say, I want to introduce you Tata Jefferson, who was a center for the Chicago Cubs. And on Tapa Jefferson, right? And uh, and Tapa walks in, and everybody, every people are laughing. I'm like, well, what did I say? I mean, apparently, you guys don't get it either. The Chicago Cubs is a baseball team, but uh, so that's how I introduced them. So I, I don't know sports, but so so Tapa and I appreciate the uh, not even a courtesy laugh. Well, it was I was like <laughs> I, I was like I don't even know that. I totally didn't hear you say the Cubs. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, the Cubs. And uh, you're right. You caught me off guard. Now, I, now I'm embarrassed that I didn't catch that. Too. Now, are all three of us not? Like, do you, do you not know sports either, James? Well, I'm a, I'm a big baseball guy, so you would think I would have picked up on that. But I was so listening. I was waiting for a punchline, 
and I missed the song. Yeah, it was a it was a, it was a weak it was a weak punchline. Yeah, but anyway, kind of, kind of reminds me. Of and I'm yeah, English. I don't even know what yeah. you guys are talking about. <laughs> I'm English. <laughs> so, um, so here's Tafa. Tafa was the kind of guy that when we when we sat down, I was sort of on the old idea of recruiting. Right, I, what I was looking for is people with money because that's the world I had come from. It was and it was so crazy, right? I have this whole entire company fail because we went after the wrong audience. And and I see so many entrepreneurs doing this is they they fail miserably and they take some lessons from it, but maybe like the, the biggest, biggest lessons they totally don't get. So we start this new company and I'm just bringing people that have money, and uh, we we had this decision making where it was well, it was four of us, so four of us would would vote right. And so uh, uh, me and my other partner that were part of the old company, of the video game company, we would always vote, yes, he's got the money. And our other two partners, Upper Jefferson and this other guy, uh, they would all go, no, we don't want him. And I would look at them like, are you freaking kidding me? What, he's got the money. And these are good people. Like, uh, there was one guy that worked for IBM, was a, a really accomplished uh, uh, IBM executive and wanted to get out of corporate America and wanted to, wanted to buy an Amana senior care. And we, uh, we, I was super excited about the guy. And Top would say, no, don't want him. And it drove me crazy. And I remember one time sitting down with Top and saying, Tafa, you're just going to have to lower your standards. Can mm-hmm. you believe that? And that's like crazy. And, and you know, he's, he's six foot six, half black, half Samoan. He's just a massive dude, right? And, um, and he would just sit there and go, no, 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 no on him. And, and actually, it, around 2011, 2012, we almost were just like, okay, hey, well, we're not going to do this. You know, this is too crazy. So instead of that, we sat down and we really identified our ideal, ideal audience. Like, who is it that we're looking for? And we knew ex- everything about them. Um, and, and we started to recruit only that type of person. And by far, by far, from everything we've done in this company, that is, and we all recognize that that is the one thing that has made us successful. We have only allowed the right audience to come in and, and work with us. That's by far the biggest secret that I think we've stumbled onto is that. Well, I, I, think, I think that's amazing. Um, and I, and I, Dean, I know you've talked a lot about that lately, about how you've shifted you know, who you're selling to and, uh, and how important that's been for you. And before we get to that, can I just say how ironic I think it is that the first time you made that introduction, nobody laughed, and then you repeated that on our show here today, and nobody <laughs> laughed. It was like even, even telling the story of no one laughing, no one laughed. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, that's just not lost on me. So, uh, but it's amazing that we're now <laughs> laughing at the situation that nobody laughed. Now, at. finally, yes, yeah. yeah. So you got to laugh one way or another. It just wasn't as intended. Yeah. Sometimes things just take a little while to play out. But, but, uh, but no, seriously, like Dean, you've talked a lot about this and how you really like just changed your entire focus. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this was actually, um, part of what I just recently spoke about at Funnel Hacking Live, the, the transition that we went through. I mean, like I, I was completely resonating, Marcus, with when you were just talking there, I'm sitting back quiet saying this could very easily be me telling this same story. And, you know, because we were, you know, growing and growing really, really quickly and things were amazing here, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in revenue. But 
I was at home miserable laying on the sofa every day with my dog next to me and just I'm wearing, you know, just joggers and I'm miserable and I'm curled up in a ball on the sofa, like hating my life. And on the outside, like everybody probably thinks life's amazing for me, but I absolutely hated it. And it was, it was actually because of just what you've been talking about. We were just selling our products, our, our coaching programs, our courses. We were just selling them to anyone with money. And, and it was just like, right. yeah, all the money's coming in, but actually I don't give a damn about it one bit. Um, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. How many, how, many, uh, how many Disney movies did you watch during that time, Dean? <laughs> well, this is, this is a new thing since you actually took me around the Disney park. So unfortunately, right. uh, I'd have probably still been lying on the sofa uh, for the last 12 <laughs> months if I'd have discovered Disney by then. That's awesome. So, um, so, so Marcus, before, before we wrap up, like, um, what's, what's next for you guys? I mean, is it, you know, you're just going to continue doubling down on this? Have you gotten any new insights that you're putting into practice right now? I mean, clearly, you know, going from, you know, a startup to, you know, 50 million and now 75 projected and like all that, you guys are doing a lot of the right things. What, what are some of the newer lessons you feel like you've learned that you're, you're putting into practice right now? Yeah, so this whole idea of, of recruiting an audience, what we what we found is is I think there's a lot of focus on, you know, I need to learn Facebook ads, I need to learn uh, LinkedIn marketing, I need to learn how to advertise on on you know there's there's all the and there's all these courses like I'm surprised at how many courses are out there, uh, learn Facebook marketing, learn this or that. What we found is none of that actually matters to us because I think when you really come down to it. Uh, like we do, we spend about $13,000 a month on LinkedIn marketing. And literally, like we're paying for, to advertise our opportunity on LinkedIn. And never did we have to take a course. Like we didn't have to go, nobody had to show us. Now we had to just dig in there and go find out, you know, how to do it. And I think one of the, the, the biggest things that we've learned over the years is most of the marketing stuff is actually easy. The mechanics of marketing on any platform you want to market on is actually super easy. If you know your audience, right? If you know exactly who it is that you want to target. And so what we're doing now is, is we're taking sort of that avatar and we're expanding that into other, other platforms. You know, we worked together at uh, a funnel hacking live and Russell talked so much about Instagram. He talked about, you know, the power of the, of this cell phone that, that our phone is what TVs were in the 1960s. And that, I know people have been saying that for a long time, but somehow because Russell said it, it's like, yes, that's right. So for us, you know, the next thing is what, what I love is it's not changing the audience. That's, that's, I think what's, what's interesting. It's not about changing the audience. We know that works. Now it's how else can we nurture and market and show up uh, to this audience in all these new platforms. And that's really, really exciting as an entrepreneur is uh, to not get distracted by other things and distracted by other ventures, but it's more about how can I get re-engaged in my business by uh, reaching my audience in different ways. And that we're really excited to start doing that, providing more content, doing more Instagram, uh, doing, even doing more on, on Facebook and uh, reaching our, our ideal audience because we love them. We love these people. We love the people that we're trying to reach. And when you have that love affair with your audience, it's so fun. It's so, so fun to keep going and keep building the company. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. And that's like, and that's the difference in bringing people in who are the right fit, 
versus people who are just taking the money. Like money, money is everywhere, you know? And, and, uh, and so you might as well just work with people that you really want to because, uh, just makes life so much better. You know, I think one of the, absolutely one of the, one of the books I read recently is a book called principles by Ray Dalio. And he said is, and he's runs a firm called Bridgewater capital He's like one of the richest guys in the world. And he said his goal has been to do meaningful work and have meaningful relationships. I'm like, that's it. And, you know, I just thought that was the coolest thing and it, and it echoes what you're doing here. And it seems like no small consequence to me that, you know, the, the pivot that you guys made and fall in love with your audience is one of the biggest things that's helped you guys be successful. So congrats, ma'am. It's, uh, it's really exciting to see what you guys are up to. I really appreciate it guys. And again, um, this is right there with the audience, you know, talking to you guys, hanging out with you guys at Funnel Hacking Live. And that was the highlight of my career. That was the coolest, coolest thing. Seeing both of you guys pitching from stage and teaching and, and just hanging out with you guys and, and having a drink was, was a highlight. I'm not even kidding. That was super fun. Yeah, we, we had a great time. And, uh, and as, as far as today goes, you'll, uh, you'll get your certificate of participation in the mail for being on just, <laughs> yeah. um, thank you. Yeah. Dean, uh, Dean goes and has the queen sign it. So it might take a little while. What? Yeah. It's really yeah. official. There's a whole ceremony. Like we don't get need to get into all that right now. Um, but it'll, it'll be amazing. You're definitely going to want to have your player from the Chicago Cubs there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hey, huh? Nicely done. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh all right so dean any uh any any last thoughts comments or questions uh from you before we wrap this up today no just another awesome show um marcus been uh it was awesome to meet you in front of hacking live and now to uh to bring you on here and, and get the opportunity to not laugh at your jokes was just amazing so thank you for that <laughs> you're you're very welcome let's do this again please yeah let's <laughs> let's let's do that and I, I just for you guys listening you know i asked marcus before we got on i was like hey man like is there anything you know you want to promote or anything he's like no and and uh obviously marcus is you know a great guys you know got lessons you know super humbled exactly like ramasio who we had on the show recently uh, <laughs> it's that's <a> very sarcastic <laughs> it's, wow it's wow amazing, it's amazing the contrast you know, somebody who actually is like, I don't know, I guess you're just our kind of people. And then somebody who comes on, we couldn't even air the episode. It was so disgusting. And, um, and, but, but a real person. And, and the truth is like, he just came on the show today to, you know, share and add value and all that stuff. And so, uh, you know, I, I just appreciate you for doing that, ma'am. And uh, yeah. we joke about this being the highlight of your life. Um, and I know that it is, um, I do appreciate you taking the time to be here and share with us and with everybody else. So absolutely. I, now I'm, I'm going to have to listen to every episode after this one to see what you say about me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll should. be like, you know, remember that guy, remember that guy we had with that's the how we grow out read. That's how like, we grow out. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You get him on, you tell him, thank you. That, oh, that was so wonderful. And that guy was so weird. What was <laughs> with that guy? I, I feel like you're just going to be, uh, you're just going to be known as Marcus the comedian now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Jokes were terrible. So thank you. Thank you. I'll be, I'll be listening. Awesome. And, and as Dean says, that is part of our growth strategy. We, you know, we drop some (laughs) some snide remarks about, about things before and that causes people to want to say about them. 
It's been working really well. I can't That's, wait. Yeah. yeah. Like if you literally, like if you walk outside and you see people, random people, just grab them and say, oh, they were just talking shit about you on just the tips. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will do that. I will do that from now on. Thank you, Dean. Thank you. Dean. Awesome. Appreciate awesome. It. All right. Well, thank you guys. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe, listen to, uh, listen to the episodes that we've got for you. We, uh, we love doing this show and it's one of the highlights of our week. And um, that's a wrap for us today. So it's James B. Frill signing off from Just Tips with my co-host, Dean Holland. And we will talk with you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.